Hi, this is Dan, and you're listening to the Holy District Podcast. All right, welcome everybody to the podcast, and I'm excited because I have McGregor here with us today. Go Hi. Say hello. There you go. My name is McGregor. <laughs> Um, he's actually going to be new to the podcast. You haven't heard him, but he's been a part of the Holy District for a little bit. And um, we are grateful to have him a part of our community um, as he came in through our friend Kevin and um, has lots of experience uh, in the church and um, kind of heard what we were doing with the Holy District and was attracted to it and wanted to be a part of helping um, establish a new community that's centered around Jesus and centered around the community. So, uh, McGregor, thanks for being a part. Thanks for joining us. And yeah, man. yeah thanks for being in the community with all the yeah, um, absolutely advice that you've offered. Uh, so he is a videographer, um, right? That's how you describe that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the easiest so, way, I think. Yeah. He uh, knows a lot about cameras and sound. And so um, it's been cool to sit and talk with him. I've learned a couple of things as we're working on the podcast and improving it. Um, and hopefully you'll start noticing some of those improvements, but, um, yeah, we're just really excited to have you here today. So we are diving into a series on parables and everybody is going to be taking a different parable, reflecting on it and asking questions around it of, uh, what happened around the parable? Like why, why is Jesus telling the story? There's a really good reason as to why, um, every story he tells is with a purpose. And then asking, so what is the purpose of the parable? What lesson is Jesus driving it to, towards? And then uh, begin to apply it to ourselves and into our life. Um, so, McGregor, why don't you start off by telling us um, a little, well, if you want, I guess you can introduce yourself more if you have more that you want to cover that I didn't say. Um, maybe tell us a little bit about how you did get connected to the Holy District or why you connected with it outside of, Oh, your friend, Kevin kind of told you about it. Like, Hey, why? And then we can dive into the parable. Yeah. Um, so I, my experience is, uh, I came off of staff from a church. Um, I was doing a lot of media stuff. That's where a lot of the videography and audio stuff came in. Um, that's where I learned a lot. Um, and so, um, basically I was, I'm a pretty recently graduated college student and I was wrapping up my degree and working at this church and, um, yeah, basically this church was, uh, 90 minutes away from where I was living and I was either like stay in Phoenix or move, um, to this other city, uh, town that I grew up in. Yeah. And, um, and so I made the decision to step away from that church and um, it was probably almost a year ago that Kevin was telling me about this Holy District stuff and um, the way that um, you guys are approaching church and uh, it sounded really different from my experience and um, even while I was still like finishing up my employment there, um, I still had this like desire to like be a part of a church or to mm. be a part of a, a community of uh jesus followers but like yeah um i've heard this this phrase get thrown around a lot but like uh i felt kind of spiritually homeless um almost it didn't feel like um 
there was there was very many options for me to go to feel like I belonged. Uh, and so I've been able to uh, find that, I think, in the Holy District. And th- yeah. that's been like a really good thing for me um, to yeah. have, uh, especially like this conversation, discussion-based um, moments. Um, I know like yeah. I, I started listening to the podcast and the, the more I listened to it, I was like, dang, I'm like on board with what they're like preaching and I yeah. appreciate it a lot. And so um, I started like doing more, uh, started to connect with you guys on like Sunday mornings um, and started having like really good, positive conversations, um, cool. which was uh, a positive change for me. And uh, I'm a really like, I would describe myself as like a cynical and jaded person. <laughs> and that's kind of like helped me ease off of my cynicism, I think. Um, yeah. Is, and, and honestly, just to be a part of a community where I feel like I belong. Um, that's been like a huge thing for the Holy District for me. Yeah. So uh, thanks for um, sharing that. Yeah. I, and like I said, it's not even just um, that you've listened to the podcast and I love that you have, and that's been inspiring to you, but the, the, what you offer on Sunday morning and how you've plugged into our community and you are a part of the Holy district and helping us do church this way. Um, grateful for that. And just the perspectives that you share when we talk. Um, so, um, okay. So I, I like I valued good. talking to you. So thanks. Good. Um, so like I was sharing this whole, uh, series, we're just kind of, uh, talking on Sunday mornings and, um, we love Jesus. Every church does. Um, and so in that conversation, just realizing like, we want to connect more with the stories of Jesus and, um, connect more to the stories that he tells because there's lots to learn and glean from there. So, Tell us what parable you picked, and then we will begin, uh, like, what parable you picked. You could read it if you wanted, or just give a quick overview, and then if you want, pull out one verse. Um, it really is up to you with how you want to guide this conversation. And so go through the parable, and then we'll begin to, like, back out a little ways and dive further into co- to the context before we dive back in to that parable. Okay? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I chose uh, Matthew 20, uh, verse six, uh, sorry, one through 16. And uh, that is the the parable of the laborers in the vineyard. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess I'm going to go ahead and read it because I feel like there's like yeah. a lot of nuanced phrases that I, I feel like are important. Um, yeah, so I just, I can go ahead and read it. I apologize okay. for uh, my, my bad out loud reading. You're great. You're <laughs> um, going to be great. Uh, For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out uh, early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his uh, vineyard. And going out into the third hour, he saw others standing uh, idle in the marketplace. And to them, he said, "You you go into the vineyard too. And whatever is right, I will give you. So they went, going out, sorry, going out and Going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the 11th hour, he went out and found others standing. And he said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the 11th hour came, each of them received a denarius. 
Now, when those hired first came, they thought that they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving, if they grumbled at the, the master of the house saying, these last worked only one hour and you have only, uh, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of day and the scorching heat. But he replied to them, friend, have, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you agree for, with me? Uh, sorry. Did you agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to the last worker as I give you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first and the first will be last. Uh, and yeah, so that's the parable. Um, awesome. Just to give a quick summary. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's this um, landowner who goes out and finds different workers at different times of the day, um, agrees to pay the workers um and those workers get mad when um the same landowner hires more laborers later in the day and later in the day don't work as hard it's less hot um and they get mad that they get paid the same wage as the people who didn't work as hard hmm. um is a quick summary of it yeah um that's good so then talk to me why when you read this and you looked it over, um, why did Jesus tell the story? Was it in response to someone? Was it coming off of another story? And begin to answer the context. What's happening right outside of this story? I looked for any context that I could um, yeah. and could not find very much. Um, it's preceded by the rich young man, which um, I feel um, I've, I've heard a lot about. Um, and it is preceded or, uh, sorry, succeeded by, uh, Jesus for telling his death the third time. Yeah. Um, so it's really like, honestly, it, if, to me, it felt like a really like secluded chunk and I'm pretty sure is like exclusive to, uh, the book of Matthew. Mm. And, um, yeah, I, I honestly <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think I could find like anything deeper than that. That's okay. Yeah. I mean, there, there are times where when we read stories, um, for some, they just get dropped in, um, yeah. the Matthew who wrote the book of Matthew, um, he, he's purposeful in the reason he's dropping things into a story. And so every, um, writer of the gospels or every writer, a letter, when Paul's writing a letter to a church, we ask, well, what's going on in that church and why is Paul trying to ad address it? When we are looking at the gospels, um, we are asking, okay, who is Matthew writing to? What is he trying to address and teach here? Because he's purposeful in that. That doesn't mean everything has to connect, but there is probably some purpose there. Um, just curious, because I'm going to look up and see, did you already look up and see, is this parable only found in Matthew or is it found elsewhere? That's that's what I saw, but okay. I, I've learned to not believe everything you read on the internet. So I might need <laughs> to be a... So I need to cite my sources, maybe. So do you know, by chance, because um, you did work at a church and you went to a Christian college, um, what is the purpose of uh, the Gospel of Matthew, the book of Matthew? Why did he write it? To tell the story of Jesus. Yep. Uh, Who is he writing to? Do you know? I I honestly can't say. Yeah, that's uh, okay. If I had to take a guess, um, and, and just to kind of recap... Um, I think you mentioned like the Bible project parables video, um, which I, I watched, um, to prep for this. Good for you. And, uh, yeah. Hey, um, I also just love the Bible project. So, um, they have good stuff, but, um, 
yeah, I appreciated they they summed up parables as saying it's it's open enough for people who are open minded mm-hmm. um, to accept um, whatever Jesus is saying. Um, I'll be, Jesus leaves a lot of things up to interpretation, and yep. um, and I appreciate that he leaves things open ended um, to that extent. And then he yep. also uh, is vague enough <laughs> to kind of. Uh, uh, fight off the Pharisees a little bit, um, yeah. and and tries not to tries not to say uh, super explicit things, um, so that he can maybe fly under the radar a little bit. Um, and so there's like I think that that balance of um, of we 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 need to like touch on both camps, and we need to like provide something. Um, provide hope for uh the people who don't have it and maybe to (laughs) to put it like maybe a little bit more cruel but maybe to knock people who are on their pedestal down a couple pegs maybe um and yeah i mean that's what i see when i uh read the gospels and and even like see hear jesus speak yeah why do you think jesus would okay so um Let's let's take the perspective of Matthew because you said what happened right before it is Jesus is talking to the rich man. And is this where he's telling him to sell everything? Um yeah, he's telling him to sell everything and the guy goes away sad, right? Yep. Yeah. Because then in 19, so I'm in chapter 19, verse 24, he says, I'll say it again, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. So that's interesting. Um, cause then the disciples say, well, then who in the world can be saved? I'm reading from the NLT, um, but who in the world can be saved? And Jesus response says, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, everything is possible. So the disciples are equating, um, that wealth equals God's blessing, wealth equals salvation. And what we know about Jesus, he's constantly coming and subverting that and saying your wealth is not your blessing. The blessing is the people. Um, And the blessing is getting to partner with God. So they're thinking, how can I be, who can be saved if they, if it's not even the wealthy, because that must mean God favors them. Right. And Jesus is like, no. So then what like connect that to the story? Why would Jesus jump in and start telling the story or why would Matthew place this story there? Yeah. Uh, obviously taking this at like face value, um, there's a lot about talk about money and wealth and, uh, your, how, what your wallet, your wallet equals your worth basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really what I, what I take away from this is that the, the kingdom of God is like inherently unfair. Um, mm, at, at least like okay. in, in, at least in how we, um, or me just as a, a person who grew up in like a first world country, how I view fairness. Um, and, and we like, it makes sense that, um, you know, the, the harder you work and, uh, the, 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 more the better your work ethic yeah um the more you're valued um i'm not trying to like lob yeah. that we do crappy work but um yeah. but i think it is um on a couple different levels on like a literal level but i think there's it goes deeper than that um that 
yeah, your wallet is not your worth. Um, and I think he's kind of giving, I am with your help now, um, as a response to that, like rich young man, um, yeah. to kind of drive that point home and yeah. yeah. So unfair, um, you're saying as in it would seem with the way we've, our society works and the way that we understand things as working is that if I work more, if I work harder, I should earn more. Right. Yeah. And, um, what I hear you saying is Jesus is going, nope, flip it. Um, it doesn't matter. Like your wealth or your value does not depend on how hard you work. Yeah. And, and to like go beyond that, uh, I, I kept thinking, like reading this over and over, like everyone that worked that day had enough money to like go home and feed their families. Mm-hmm. Um, and they like made a fair day's wage. Um, again, this is like very literal, but on paper, like if I could only make enough money and, to like provide for my family, like that's like enough. Yep. Um, it, or it should be enough. Right. Um, and and how often, I don't know, like how often do we get pissed off at people who get like free stuff? Like I remember, like I remember yeah. in high school uh, when you had like perfect attendance, you got like put into like a drawing to like get a free car from a dealership. Um, and it's like, <laughs> why does that person get a free car? I went to school yep. every day. Uh, yep. And and how often, like you just get annoyed at like good things that happen to people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and so that just like my immediate takeaway was that, yeah. Um, in the perspective of like maybe the rich young man or these laborers, um, it feels like the more you have, the more the the harder you want to cling to it, um, mm-hmm. and the closer you want to keep it to your chest, yeah. Um, because you fear of like losing everything, and even this like rich young man in the in the previous section. Uh, he like went away upset because <laughs> he was told like it's harder for you, like it's harder for you to enter the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that's because, yeah, that's good. Um, and it almost seems then like what you're sharing is if God is a good God and He's the one in charge of the kingdom and deciding who gets what rewards, um, then we need to trust that He's going to do it in a fair, equitable way, because. The idea of the kingdom, which you're hitting on, is not that we will, um, everyone will have overwhelming amounts of stuff. Um, It's that everyone has enough and there is an abundance and we don't need to um, worry or look at others getting more as us losing. Because in the kingdom of Jesus, in the kingdom of God, there is enough out there for all of us. And so, you know, the interest we want to, I want to take it and say, oh, well, God just gives everyone the same. And while that is true, because in this story, everyone gets paid the same amount. But like you said, I mean, you were sharing in the first line, it says for the kingdom of heaven is like that clues us into the story that Jesus is about to tell us. This parable is not centered around Jesus and his mission. This is a parable centered around the kingdom. And he's helping us understand and explain this is what the kingdom of heaven is going to be like. So we all get the reward of the kingdom that that's, that's the equality. It doesn't matter if it's right, you know, five minutes before Jesus comes back and his kingdom comes into full reality, or if it was Paul and Peter 2000 years ago. Um, and they were then 
ushering in the kingdom. And yeah. they like you could argue they might have worked a little bit harder because they were yeah. brand new <laughs> trying to share this message of Jesus. And like they didn't grow up in it. They watched it happen. And then they were going yeah. out and telling these stories and Matthew, and living in a place that made it like very difficult to do so. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, but they're like God still is giving them the same reward that we are getting, which is the kingdom. Now, inside the kingdom. Then we get into a little bit more where it's like, it doesn't mean we all have the exact same amount. It means we all have enough. And there's a difference there um, when it comes to that. But the reward here is we all get the same reward, the kingdom. We all get to enter into that kingdom, which is interesting then. Um, talk to me is about, so most likely in the crowd, um, do you know where Jesus is telling the story? I was trying to look. And since yeah, you had looked have, at it a little before, I was curious if you knew where he was at. Um, I don't. So we would maybe have to go back a couple chapters and be like, what's the last place that was mentioned? And it could be around in that area. So 19, he left Galilee and went down to the region of Judea, east of the Jordan River. That's the last place I'm seeing as I'm scanning really quick. Yeah. So it seems like Jesus is telling this in Judea then. Um which is going to be more of a farming community, um, which, you know, there's easy ways to key into that. Is he telling a parable about money? Sort of. But what's he really telling it about? A vineyard. Then most likely Jesus is in um, a rural area or somewhere where there's a lot of farming happening because Jesus is a really masterful storyteller. He doesn't walk into a, um, a farm community and tell a story about city life. Because they don't know and they don't care. Uh, so he's walking into a farming community and he's going to tell them a farming story to connect with them so that they understand this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. So the vineyard, like those pieces, you know, you, you picked up on, you were sharing a little bit about. So in Judea, vineyards, probably growing grapes for wine and stuff like that. Go back 2000 years ago or even a couple hundred years ago. Are farmers typically wealthy, well-off people? <laughs> no. Yeah. So do you think this is a message of like hope and inspiration to the people listening to it? Yeah, I, I would hope so. Um, and, and kind of also again, like preparation to this, I was reading about like, um, and maybe you can fact check me on this, but, uh, that a lot of farm owners, um, or, uh, yeah, like farmers were like losing their land to the Roman empire at the time um and were like being i were just put in like bad situations um because of the culture they're living in yeah. and i uh and same thing like with even like with the workers um i can imagine like the workers that um you know this um this vineyard owner uh, and he was looking for workers and people are sitting around at 5 PM and they're just not, they're, they're probably thinking like, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to make anything today. Um, and so yeah. I think, I think both like the landowner and the laborers, like, I think yeah. there's, there's hope to be found because um, at the time, like people were losing farmland and it yeah. was hard to find work. And, yep. uh, that's good. Yeah.
That's yeah. good because you think of uh, like Ro- the Roman Empire is an oppressive empire and oppressors going to oppress. Um, right. Shocking human history. Um, yeah. But in that too, if you're if you're a former vineyard owner or maybe you currently are, you're worried about this oppressive empire that's sitting there. Um, you're just waiting for them to come and take your land. And then you begin to hear the story. You see a rich man come up, ask Jesus a question that um, is like, oh, well, what must I do to be saved? Jesus sell all your possessions. And he goes away sad because he has many possessions. And you hear the disciples, because this is probably all still happening in a crowd. Um, I'm assuming something's here, but there's still probably a crowd listening in. And the disciples are like, well, then who can be saved? Jesus launches into, I assure you, when the world is made new. So this, that's a key. Hey, we're going into the kingdom. He's going to start talking about something. And the Son of Man sits upon his glorious throne. This is right before in chapter 19. You who have been fought, my followers, who also sit on the 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Because Peter asks him, we've given up everything to follow you. What will we get? What reward will I get? We've, it's already like, so from that a little bit, who is Jesus maybe telling the story to as well? He touch he touches on both camps of like the hopeless and like the, the Pharisees. And I think um, if we trade the money in the story for like the goodness of God and like his grace for us, like speaks to just the generosity maybe yeah. of, of the character of Jesus yeah. and the fact that, um, you know, regardless of, uh, what we do as people, like Jesus offer us, yeah. offers all of us like the same yep. thing. Um, yep. and, and that's something that we can be like unified. in. I think you're um, hitting the point and you're exactly yeah. right in that. Um, I just think it's fascinating that Peter, I love Peter. Um, he asked the question, to Jesus, well, we've given up everything to follow you. What will we get? And Jesus talks and yeah. and then he says, oh, but many who are the greatest now will be the least important then. And those who seem the least important now will be the greatest then. And then he goes into this parable. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's already teaching Peter to reverse it because Peter's like, oh, well, then we should be made the greatest. Like a little bit of pride um, yeah. is being lifted up. And like you said, this parable is being brought to humble people and to yeah. say, Hey, it doesn't matter when you enter your is the same. Uh, but what I'm just, what's interesting to me then is when you think about Peter, um, do you remember the story of when Jesus first met him and he was in a boat fishing and Jesus is on the, do you remember what he says to him? If you grew up in church, first thing that this. comes, yeah, yep. I, it's, it's in my brain. I, yeah. Come follow me <laughs> and I will make you fishers of men. There you go. I was like, if there you've you been go. in the church and Sorry, you were like, I've like, you're good. I turned my mind off from this stuff for like a while now. Yeah, and that's so okay. Just, I like, knew it was in there. To, like I call things. I knew it was in there. And so it's like, if you, if you um, grew up in the church, you're going to know that you're going to have heard yeah. that. Uh, yeah. So Jesus starts off by saying, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And then he starts teaching him about the kingdom, but he's already get, told him what his reward is going to be. You've been fishing for fish. I'm going to teach you to fish for men and we're going to bring them into the kingdom. And now Peter is in and he's saying, well, but I've given up everything. What reward am I going to get? And it's like, you've been saying like Jesus is answering to the rich man, to Peter, and then to the farmers that it's like, Hey, you will get the kingdom. You will get the kingdom. Guess what? You will get the kingdom. It's all going to be the same because we're all getting the kingdom. Um, 
And that's the reward out of this. And I just find that really interesting um, because like you're talking about as people who come from a Western background and a Western mindset, and we have a lot of privilege and we have a lot of excess, like um, in America, we tend to operate our economy with a zero sum game where we tend to think, oh, if someone else gets more, it's being taken away from me. And that's not as Jesus followers, which you've been talking about, McGregor, that as Jesus followers, we don't approach it that way. We approach it with going, there is enough. There is abundance. And so if someone else is getting more, it doesn't mean there's less for me. It means there's still enough out there. Yeah. Which can call us to live generously, which can call us to live differently and to believe like we are okay. And when we approach that way, like Peter and the rich young ruler are coming with this attitude of, oh, well, I've worked harder. I should be paid more. And the laborers are like, I'm just kind of grateful to be here. You know, the farm owners who are getting their farm taken away from them. And they think like they're lowly and forgotten about by God and God then, or then um, it just makes a statement. The greatest of these will be the least and the least will be the greatest. Yeah. So if you want to know who's going to be most important in the kingdom, look to the least valued right now. Yeah. And it's like, God's going, I'm going to reverse this world and show you how we're going to care. And Jesus is showing us a different way to be human. Um, But it's interesting because it's like how quickly Peter forgets because after that um, I'm looking for it where Peter's mother or John's mother comes. This is right afterwards. Um, Yeah, the mother of James and John, the son of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons, and she knelt respectfully to ask a favor. What is your request? He asked. She replied, in your kingdom, please let my two sons in places of honor, sit in places of honor next to you, one on the right and the other on your left. It's like, hold up. Like, Jesus is just saying it's all like the least will be made the greatest. And they're coming and going, well, then let's make us the great. It's just so fascinating to me. Yeah. And how quickly, like, yeah, it's, it's funny. I don't know. Cause I know how quickly, like in my life, you just bounce back to like your normal, just like your normal thought processes. Um, and, and there's one thing that I wanted to like, while you were talking about that, like, yeah, um, isn't it like, it's, it's one thing for like, uh, for us to all get like the same thing. Um, and it's, it's one thing for, for like somebody to feel like they've worked so hard to earn this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you, for me, like, if I look on like the flip side of it, of like the people who maybe didn't work as hard, um, or feel maybe like subpar in a way, um, and they're just looking like to their left and to the right. And they're like, I'm, I'm getting the same thing as like that guy over there is getting like, mm-hmm. how is that possible? <laughs> you know? Um, and, and I feel like that speaks to, um, I guess to use the phrase, like the, um, the last, um, yeah. you know, the last will be first, first will be last, like yeah. being the last person getting the same thing that the first person is getting, that feels like that would like change your whole life. I think. Um, yeah because you just have been generously like given this thing. Um, I don't know. I think that there's like, for me that there's value in that. Um, And I I don't know. It like, it makes it easy in like 
big picture, it feels like it makes it simple to like bless other people. Um, and for like other Jesus followers to like bless Mm. whatever that word means to you to like the last Mm. say, like it, it doesn't take that much because like, I, I know, like I am so rich in so many ways that like other people aren't. And it is so easy for me to like do a little gesture that means like so much to other people. Um, and I, I, I just think that there's like something to be taken away from that. That's really good. Um, cause if, you know, so we want to act like blessing is typically money. And so I'm going to go bless somebody and I'm going to give them money. But I think what you just highlighted there is like, you're a college student. So you're just getting started out in your career, you know, and you're figuring things out. So it's like, okay, maybe then your blessing is you have a family that loves you and that you connect well with. Not everyone has that. So what if your blessing is like, I'm going to invite people who maybe have a more difficult time with their family or feel disconnected from the family into my family. Yeah. You know? And then you can begin to think creatively or like how Kevin um, invited you into the Holy district. And it's like, you got, you found a community. And even though you had a community, you were looking for a newer one closer by. It's like you found a community and we're grateful that you're part of our community. Um, So now it's like, okay, you're not inviting people to a church. You're inviting people into a community. Yeah. Yeah. And And I love how easy is that just to like extend the invitation. Yeah. Like it's not. <laughs> yeah. Not hard. I love the creativity um there that you're sparking in me as I'm listening to you. Um, you know. So okay, so then talk to me as like so typically parables, the point of a parable can come towards the end, and we've been hitting on this whole the whole time. But what as you read this and as we've talked, are you gonna take away and begin to apply into your daily life? I've been hearing the phrase, um, the last will be first and the first will be last, uh, a lot lately. And I feel like, um, I don't know, we all have like a filter of like what that means. And, uh, and even like going back a line before that, um, when he, he basically says, am I not allowed to do with my money that I want? Um, mm-hmm. and are you going to mm-hmm. be like mad about my generosity? <laughs> you know? Um, and I, I've been trying to live life recently. Um, and I think this parable kind of reinforced that of like, just keep an eye out for what the least of these look like. What, who's the last person that, that this is talking about? Um, I think that that's like a very, um, like pretty cultural, uh, applies to different cultures in different ways. Um, because different people are made last in different cultures and uh and it makes me like i don't know i (laughs) the more that i've been like listening to people in the last couple years um the more that i've been trying to learn from others and trying to learn like um i don't like what all this uh our society is like a very broad um broad pool of people uh, yeah. and, and there's been a lot of things that I've learned, like in the last couple of years that like, I, I used to think I knew what, what the last people were, you know? Mm. Um, but 
it feels like the more, the more that I learn, the less that I know, you know? Um, and, and I really like have to, to keep an open ear and open, uh, open heart to like, to hear and listen from like the genuine who are like the last people, um, who are the people who are like, maybe even like go as far as being oppressed, like in our society, who are the people who are Mm -hmm. like, uh, are being treated like genuinely, like unfairly that like the kingdom of God is like all about reconciling, you know? Yeah. And, and that's how I see this, like applying to me. How are you developing personal relationships with, um, those people? Yeah. Cause it's one uh, say to say it's one cent. It's one way to say the last. Um, but it's another thing to know their names. We've been talking about, uh, in the Holy district, a lot about, um, being involved, uh, both like in the spiritual community, but also like in, uh, the community that you're in. And, uh, it's, it's really, uh, for me, like it's different for everybody it's different for who, who is in your circles and what their needs are. Um, and for me, like I've been trying to like reconnect even like with old friends, um, and trying to like, uh, to see like people and, and I have friends that are like across the spectrum of age and like people have like different are having like hard times, like buying a house right now is like a pain in the butt. And, uh, there's like, a a lot of hurt in um i know like my circles but i know everywhere else and yeah um i'm like in the very beginning stages of this okay but um that's okay that's great but yeah um even like sharing a meal we've talked a lot about how sacred even like a meal is sure and there's a lot of good stuff that can happen like in in conversations. Um, and so that's just like a small way that I've been starting is like having meals with people, um, who I wouldn't normally like have a meal with, um, talk about things that like, I wouldn't normally talk about, hear about things that, uh, I might have like different opinions on. Like, I think that's all good stuff and, and grows me closer to Jesus and hopefully like grows that relationship so that, um, I don't know like what this person needs. I, I know that like we can say, I think that we can like have a righteous mindset of like this person has like tangible needs, but like, I'm just going to give them Jesus. And I think it's kind of like both. And Mm -hmm. Uh, like, I think Jesus comes through the tangible things that we can provide. Um, And so I want to challenge you a little bit. Okay. Okay. So, um, I appreciate what you're sharing and how you're wanting to learn and meet people and grow and get into conversation or reconnect with old friends. Um, you know, as you've highlighted, the first will be last and the last will be first versus, you know, something that's sticking out. And um, it's the seems to be the meaning of the parable, which I would agree because yeah. it comes towards the end and Jesus is teaching like the hierarchy, your value isn't dependent on your wallet, like you said, um, or your worth isn't dependent on your wallet. And I loved how you put that. Um, I want you, I wonder what it would look like for you over this next week. Um, just take a minute right now, think of a name, but not of someone who society would consider last, 
but someone you would consider last. Yeah. Someone that you would consider like, oh, like that is easily dismissed by you or dismissible. And then have a coffee, have a meal, buy their coffee or their meal, and just sit and ask questions and learn from them. Um, so that it's not like, oh, cause it's easy, um, in church, we love to say, well, the poor, it's like, then who are the poor? I think here it's like, oh, the last, well, then who are your last, who are the people that you just want to dismiss, write down one of those names and go and sit and have a conversation with them and honor them by just listening to them. Yeah. And so that's what I think I like, as I'm listening to going, Hey, that's what I want to challenge you to do. Um, so take a minute right now and think of a name, or if you already had one pop up, write it down. And then in the next week, um, just take a step towards having a meal with them or coffee or something, doing some action with them so that you can learn, you can honor, and you can serve them, um, yeah. you know, and come up underneath them to just support and uh, come from a place of, uh, we talk about powerlessness in our Sunday gatherings, and we've talked about this a handful of times. Um, and not on the podcast yet, but as in our Sunday gatherings. So come from a place of powerlessness of just, I'm here to learn. You don't have any, you're not trying to win them over. You're not trying yeah. to do anything. I just think like, as you're talking, I'm going, I think that'd be really cool. Um, yeah. and if you, you know, come up with something else, that's totally fine and do that action step instead. Um, but as I was listening to you talk, I was like, that one makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd agree. All right, McGregor, thank you so much for your time today. It has been fun to hear from you, get to know you, and yeah. um, hear your perspective on this preparable. I really appreciate it and um, look forward to learning more from you. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. The Holy District is a growing network of communities found in Allentown, Pennsylvania and Gilbert, Arizona, as we rediscover the sacred in everyday spaces. We are here to live integrated, Jesus-centered lives um, in our community, with our community, and for our community. We would love for you to schedule spiritual direction session sessions on our um, website at holydistrict.org or follow us on social media at Rediscover Sacred. Um, thanks for joining us today, and we'll talk to you next time.